How's it going? Welcome to the first ever episode of Disney Plus Plus Ben Plus Friends. This is my new podcast where I talk all things mouse. Anything that's on Disney Plus is fair game. I think we're mostly going to be talking about movies at first. So uh, each episode, we're going to talk about a movie. We're going to dissect it. My goal with this podcast is to talk about movies the way that friends talk about movies when they're sitting around hanging out. So we're not going to do a plot synopsis and we're not going to go through each little thing. We're also not going to be super nitpicky. I mean, like I'll have some friends on here who are film geeks and that's cool, but this isn't film school. This is supposed to just make it feel like you are listening to a couple of, of really good friends hanging out, talking about a movie. This episode is onward. Uh, obviously there will be tons of spoilers because we are talking about the movie. So if you haven't watched onward yet, hit pause. It's on Disney plus they bumped up the, the release window for it because of COVID-19. What a bummer. We're not even two minutes in the podcast. And I said COVID-19. <laughs> uh, but if if this is supposed to sound like me talking to a couple of friends, then I better get some friends in here. So I am so stoked to introduce to you the hosts for this, this first episode. My guests are two of my absolute best friends. We've got local musician and producer Kyle Ward. He is on the show. Kyle, say hello to everybody. Yo, what is up? And my friend who is the the patron saint of Kansas City local music. He is. <laughs> you, you've seen him at concerts. You've bumped elbows in a mosh pit. My dear, dear buddy, Adam Doyle. Give everybody a holler. How's it going? Did I say holler? Woo! This is yeah, not a good start. Why did I say holler? Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, my dad is showing. It's uh, Oak Radio, <laughs> dude. It's fine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so uh, thank you guys so much for coming on the first episode of this podcast. I'm so stoked to talk Onward with you. But before we jump into Onward, I want to give the audience a little bit of a feel for what you guys are like. So I'm going to ask a couple of icebreaker questions. So first question, what is your Disney Plus profile icon? Oh, man. Uh, mine is Jack from... Uh, Nightmare Before Christmas. Ooh, excellent nice. choice. Nice. Jack Skellington. And Adam? Uh, so it was actually interesting. It would be Iron Spider Spider-Man, but my nephew claimed that on our account, so I chose Mando. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. So you went with Mando. Those are two great choices, though. Yeah, man, Iron Spider. That suit's so great. Also, let's so, be real. Like, that's There's no like wrong answer to that, and it's also extremely hard. I know that I like probably spent like 15 minutes just trying to decide what I wanted. The choice <laughs> There's so many choices, is dude. real. I'm, <laughs> I'm right there with you, Kyle. The first time I made mine, I, I went back and forth and was like, cause I was like, it's going to say a lot about who I am. Uh, <laughs> but I, I, I ended up, I was like, don't overthink it. It's Chewbacca. You built your entire personality around trying to be Chewbacca. So just make it Chewbacca, you know, <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the greatest Hufflepuff of all. Um, so, Okay. <laughs> In this wheelhouse, though, because I, I think this is this is a very good chance that your profile icon fits this question too. Who is on your Mount Mousemore? So I'm talking about Mount Rushmore, but Disney. So Disney, Marvel, Star Wars, Pixar—they own the whole universe. So uh, who are the four presidents on your Mount Mousemore? Um, uh, that's a tough one. I'm gonna say I. So I'm a huge Disney fan, huge Walt Disney fan. You're on the right pod. <laughs> yeah, so I'm going to say... Or are you going to say uh, Walt himself? I was going to say, yeah, definitely Walt himself. I like himself. it. I like uh, it. Mickey Mouse. Okay. Oh, gosh, and this is where it's hard. Um, Pluto, for sure, because he's my man. <laughs> this is going to be the weirdest Mount Mouse more ever. Um, and then probably, <laughs> probably, like, Olaf? Okay, I like it. <laughs> nice. <laughs> So you've got like you've got like the creator of it all, and then you got the classics, and then you got the new generation. Oh, yeah, like, just good. like the that's most good. random one, Samantha. Yeah, Samantha. <laughs> I don't even know a Samantha. <laughs> oh man, my four-year-old daughter thinks that that is literally the funniest thing that has ever like that's the funniest joke that's ever been told by humans. She. <laughs> She she laughs so hard that I like I worry like I'm like, are we going to have to take you to the hospital? Like, oh, man, so good. 
Adam, oh Mount okay. Mousemore, who do you got? Okay, so since it's for all of Disney Plus, like how you want to do, I did like one th- thing from each. So Ooh, I like this. Okay, good strategy. So, so like for Disney, I picked Quasimodo. Whoa. Uh, yeah, I, I love The Hunchback of Notre Dame. It's one of my favorite Disney films of all time. I'd say oh. it's like... It's so good. I, I love that movie. Okay, I'll have to it's have you back so for that underrated. episode then. So oh, underrated. man. Maybe I'll have you too for that episode. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then uh, for Marvel, I did Spider-Man. He's my favorite Marvel hero ever since I was a little kid. Uh, my favorite superhero of all time is Batman, but if I had to pick a Marvel superhero, it would be Spider-Man. And then Star Wars, I picked Ben Solo. <laughs> Ooh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I I am a firm believer that Kylo Ren is one of the best characters in Star Wars ever. And all Preach. of his arc get, getting back into being Ben Solo. I love Preach. that stuff so much. So picked him. And then for Pixar, I did Woody because he's kind of what started it all along with Buzz. Yeah. I remember there were Burger King toys that came out back whenever that movie came out. Oh, yeah. And there were like plush slash hard plastic like figures where like Woody's like face obviously was plastic and stuff and then like yes. the rest of his body is plush like it's the same thing for Buzz and I had both of those and I actually like wrote my name on the bottom of their feet and everything oh so. that's so cool <laughs> dude we are connecting so hard right now same and then I was such a nerd that I deliberately I on Woody's I wrote my name with my right hand so it would look like a little little kid did it <laughs> and then on Buzz I wrote with I'm left-handed I should say start this uh and then on the Buzz I wrote with my left hand with my dominant hand as as well as possible wrote Ben so like yeah <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's so amazing sick. dude Burger King used to have like way better toys right oh, I don't yeah. know yeah I like also I, what is up with them like I I haven't even seen a Burger King in forever yeah i mean they had that impossible whopper moment and then i think like i don't know and it got somebody mentioned on south park i guess but yeah yeah <laughs> so, some somebody go check in on burger king okay <laughs> like uh we want to make sure they make it through covid okay uh <laughs> so uh this is a, a good transition question into to, again today we're talking about onward Pixar's Onward, and I am wondering, uh, this is a less interesting question, I guess, with such a new movie, but what's your history with this movie? How did, uh, do you remember hearing about it? Were you excited about it? Did, you know, did you see it the instant it got put on Disney Plus? What's your exposure to it? Well, uh, I saw it, I was lucky enough to see it before everything started happening with COVID. Um, I saw it the so you opening saw it day. Yeah, awesome. I saw it opening night because um, we had the AMC A-list thing um, and saw it opening night and it was so good. Yeah, I like I said, and I'll probably say it several times, huge Disney fan. So whenever the the trailer first came out, like, I was I was so stoked. So, yeah, I saw it uh, opening day. That's awesome. I, I unfortunately did not get to see it in a theater. Uh, I, I saw it. My my neighbors and I I don't know. Am I going to get arrested for admitting this? We share a voodoo account. Uh, and <laughs> <laughs> so my neighbors. Uh, yeah, they they bought it. I feel like it's like sharing Blu-rays, right? I, I don't know, whatever. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so they bought it because um, it did come out a week before it was on Disney Plus for purchase uh, digitally. And so we watched it and my my uh, my daughters and my wife and I, we all watched it together. And yeah, definitely a a, a movie that everybody liked. I, I, I will say when I when I first heard the concept, I was like, isn't that just the Netflix movie Bright with 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 Will Smith? Like, like (laughs) modern day fantasy elves like like what? It's just a bright ripoff for kids. (laughs) And and I was not interested. And then I heard that it was Tom Holland. And uh, and I started to say Peter Quill. It's not actually who he is. Chris Pratt. (laughs) And (laughs) I was so stoked because some of my absolute favorite moments of Avengers Infinity War and Endgame are the Star-Lord and Spider-Man repartee. I mean, those two guys have such great chemistry. So when I heard it was those two, uh, you know, I mean, I already, I'll see any Pixar movie. They've got, you know, even their weaker movies are are fine. But when I heard it was those two in a Pixar movie, I was like, oh, done. It's going to be great. I'm going to see it. How about you, Adam? So for me, I actually 
prob I just watched it about a week ago. I remember being really excited for it when it was going to come out, and then I never remembered with the date. And then after everything started happening, I was like, oh, like it's out on Disney Plus now. I can finally watch it. I was really amped for it as soon as I saw trailers. I just I really liked the concept. Uh, I really, really enjoyed the art style, too. I thought it was really good. Yeah. Big bright stand over here. <laughs> <laughs> well, sweet. So let's let's get in. Let's talk about Onwards. So this movie j just came out a few weeks ago, but the whole world has kind of ended up getting to see it. I think that I don't want the first two episodes of this show to like be all coronavirus, coronavirus, COVID-19. But it's kind of the elephant in the room, right? And I think it's important to start with a movie like this. Like, I was really excited to do this one first because I think that this movie will be unavoidably tied to coronavirus in history and in our minds, just like Tiger King is also intertwined with coronavirus because it is this this crazy moment of monoculture in a a world where we have less and less monoculture all the time. You know, there's there's so many shows, so many movies that, you know, when when our parents were our age and they'd, you know, talk about shows at at work, the next, you know, like at the around the water cooler. Everybody saw MASH because MASH was like one of four TV shows, you know, and so like I think that this is having this really important big moment and it, it, it will always have a legacy kind of tied in there with it. So the the movie made one hundred and three million worldwide against a one hundred seventy million budget that as far as I can see, that budget also factored in at least a little bit of marketing. So it did unfortunately end up losing money, but I think it'll be interesting to see. I don't know about you guys. I feel like the fact that Disney chose to put this on Disney Plus so fast really, I think, is going to be a really positive branding moment and that people will think really highly of Disney Plus because of that. Do you agree with that? Oh, absolutely. I know um, the the new Trolls movie that just came out, um, not Disney, but uh, still, like you said, kind of tied to the COVID-19 oh, oh, stuff. They, Kyle, at I've seen Good. I've seen Trolls World Tour four times. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's so funny! Awesome. I haven't seen it yet. Um, that's it's amazing. Right. It's, 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 it's no onward, records. but I have seen it four times. Sure, they, they've already broken records on like the most streaming. So, uh, and I will like, say these numbers I'm looking at are box office numbers. So it will be interesting to see Kyle uh, once they factor in streaming. Sorry, I kind of interrupted you. Oh uh, no, you're fine. It, it, I just wanted I felt like I needed to add important details. That was box office. So I think it will be interesting to see once they factor in streaming what this ends up looking like. The movie was absolutely a a huge hit as far as critical reviews and and audiences. Rotten Tomatoes, 88 percent critics and 95 percent audience, which sounds about right to me. This is the kind of movie yeah. that I think critics and and everyday people are going to like a lot. Peter Travers, Rolling Stone, who's one of my favorite film critics, because I think he gets popcorn movies. He understands what movies are supposed to be. He uh, gave it three out of five stars and said it's no Toy Story, but the animation juggernaut's latest about two elf brothers on a quest is still worth your while. I think that's fair. He doesn't usually do half stars. I think I probably personally would give it three and a half or four stars, but uh, that's a pretty a fair review. And, you know, it, it's good to see that it got such favorable accolades as far as, uh, you know, both critics and audiences. All right. So let's just move on to just kind of talking about the movie. So like the, on this podcast, I really want to try to emulate the way that friends talk about movies. So I want to know just in general, what are your favorite parts? Just, you know, what are your favorite scenes, favorite moments, etc.? Because I feel like whenever you're hanging out with friends, having a couple beers and you're talking about like, oh, man, did you see the new Star Wars? That's how you talk about it. So um, I'll, I'll get things started. I personally, one of my favorite scenes is pretty early on when Ian is listening to the cassette of of his dad. Yes. And it, it yes, plays. It, so it plays. He's, he's listening to this cassette that uh, that Wilden left behind for him. And it plays the whole cassette in its entirety. And then he he rewinds it. And we see that he has scripted a conversation with his dad. I, I, I think this is only like 10 or 12 minutes into the movie. And I, I like teared up and I was like, uh Oh, <laughs> oh 100% same. <laughs> yeah. I was like, is this going to be like Coco level cry? Like yeah. uh, it wasn't it, for me, it was not quite Coco level, but it was, it was a lot, man. Pixar, they know how to get your heart strings, but 
I just love that scene. I thought that was such a great character building moment for Ian. And I think that it's a really smart, very adult statement about grief and how really mundane things get an incredible amount of gravity when somebody passes. So, for example, two of my favorite things I own in the entire world, I have these plain white handkerchiefs that belonged to one to my maternal and the other paternal grandfathers. And they're just these white pieces of cloth. And when I first got them, they still smelled like my grandparents, my, my grandfathers, but they don't even smell like them anymore. Now they smell like, you know, like my, my, my sock drawer. Uh, but I, they're, they're, they're just these worthless pieces of white cloth that I, you know, I would, I would punch someone in the throat if they took it from me. <laughs> and I, I feel like that moment is uh, just really a great example. Oh, totally. Like I, I think that's one of the, like there, I think, I mean, I'm not watching the movie currently, but there's like three or four, like big in the fields moments. Um, and yes. that's totally like the first of those. Mm-hmm. Um, like it sets you up for that. Yeah, oh yeah. It- <laughs> and like, like rewatching it, like, you know, like he rewinds it and, you know, has the, the scripted conversation, like, even just rewatching that and seeing that again and just like the detail of like the the animation of you know him anticipating like when he's going to talk and stuff it's just like it's so honest and it's uh yeah it's it's so good i think you're totally right honesty is a is a really important word there uh i yeah i i love all of the stuff early on i mean like i think this film does a a really great job of laying a good groundwork early on the scene where they get the staff is awesome, mm-hmm. and it, it shows so quickly how how like how Barley and Ian are connected to each other and to their dad. I, I like I really love Barley. I I think if I had to pick a favorite character, it's it's Barley. I I he has such a huge heart, and mm-hmm. one of my favorite things is seeing how happy he is when Ian successfully casts the the spell and he's like realizes that he's a you know is a wizard has this magic in him um it's it's so pure and uh it 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 informs us so much of barley's character right away i really like that a Mm -hmm. lot yeah i was gonna say like whenever that first happened i was curious i was like is he gonna be jealous is there gonna be a riff at all but no he was just 100 percent supportive and was just amped for his brother and i absolutely loved that because i feel like in most movies it would go the other way oh totally absolutely and not at any point did he ever like show any jealousy which that in and of itself is like really smart like you said like they could have gone you know the the stereotypical route with that but no yeah yeah i i love that and it again it tells us so much about who barley is that he isn't jealous at all that he he is totally stoked to just be in the presence of his brother's magic and i mean that leads to i think some of the best moments of the entire movie is is barley's barley's just like the greatest cheerleader in the world (laughs) you know he's just got these Mm -hmm. giant pom-poms for his brother I love the growth spell scene where they're <laughs> <laughs> oh man it it is so funny and I I love the idea of you know barley getting shrunken down and he doesn't even really care because he's just getting <laughs> he's so casual about it he's magic. like oh oh the spell messed up <laughs> and the I I think I love the idea of the sprites being bikers like I love that they're all like snorting pixie sticks like it's meth. Yeah. <laughs> and, like, like uh, it, all of that is is really great. I, I love that entire thing. And then when they get onto the highway, that's actually that's one of my absolute favorite parts of the movie, because we've already established Ian doesn't he's 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 having a lot of anxiety about learning how to drive and merging and all that stuff. And the moment where, you know, I, we get we get the the kind of my friends and I in college always called it the ding moment when the title of something gets said but when when barley's and as a like a pixie basically says like put it in o for onward and and uh he's like okay you're gonna have to merge and then ian's like i'm not ready and then he's like you'll never be ready merge that moment is awesome i i absolutely <laughs> love that oh, yeah. it's 
so funny and goofy, but it's also just so true to life. I remember being 16, 17, learning how to drive and this fear of of like, well, when do I know when's the right time to merge? And, and you just have to go for it. And how it's one of the first times in your life that you have that feeling. But that feeling never goes away. I have that feeling all of the time. Being a dad is just a series of having that feeling over and over again. Just me being like, I'm not ready. And then needing some, you know, somebody in my life, usually my wife, to, you'll never be ready. Merge. I just absolutely love that. And I also love that the 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 sprites keep calling dad the dad shades. Like, <laughs> I don't know why. I, I just love. Can we talk about the dad? I Okay, so when I saw the trailer. I was like, so the whole movie, the dad's not even going to be in it. He's just going to be legs. And that was one of the parts that I think I had the most doubt about, the, that I had the most hang ups about. And the physical humor of 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 Wilden, of dad is so good. I mean, like once mm -hmm. they get that the leash for him, <laughs> Pixar's always really great with physics, but the way he moves and bends and almost falls over and I mean like when they're going through that dungeon and the <laughs> Oh my gosh, like when like the it, thing slices him in half. Slices and him in half. And you're like your yeah. brain is like ready for like blood to just be splurting <laughs> everywhere. <laughs> it's, it's so like, good yeah it's like well, a I think weekend at one of my favorite kind of thing oh. mm -hmm. and i think one of my favorite parts with all of the physical humor with that is when they're in the gas station and he just like it looks like he sassily just looks at one of the pixies but it's yes. just because it's an inanimate object and i'm just <laughs> i was like this is gold and yeah they're like what are you looking at shades yeah yeah it's so good <laughs> No, I I totally agree. Well, yeah, just all of the dungeoneering and just yeah, the physic the physical humor of of dad does a lot for me. I I really love that a lot. What what are some of your guys' favorite moments or scenes? Um, just like it's a it's small, but like it is still like a part of it. Like I really love that they connect with what is there of their dad. With like Barley connects with the little drumming, and then Ian connects with just kind of like a soft like press like i thought that was kind of cool to kind of show like their personalities like, i totally I agree i think i think also that that moment's really important for ian because i don't know if ian is able to do what he does at the end if he doesn't at least get that sense of connection to his dad you know mm -hmm. i think that that's a really powerful a really powerful moment and it's really important for ian because i do think he does truly feel connected to his dad Th there's a moment actually i think very in tune with what you're talking about. This is one of my favorite moments is right after. Oh, man, there's the whole the <coughs> whole scene where they get pulled over by the cops is fantastic. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. they use the magic to pretend to be Colt. But after that, they have a big fight and yeah. the music's still going on. And dad comes out and he's dancing. And <laughs> it, it the the first moment of the movie is so funny. The first time I saw it, it didn't make me cry. But then now knowing what we'll learn, uh, you know, in the reveal at the end, it does make me cry every time I see it now, which, by the way, I've seen this about 11 times because this is my <laughs> daughter's favorite movie. And uh, <laughs> so when he's dancing and the legs go in front of Barley or actually, mm -hmm. I think what happens is Ian says, I wonder what the top half of his body's doing. Yeah. And Barley <laughs> says, I don't know, but it probably looks pretty bad. Something like this. And he starts, you know, dancing with his fingers and just ridiculous and it's such a sweet funny moment but it makes me cry because it's like it's absolutely in this very subtle beautiful way telephoning you know that well first of all that barley really is a father to ian but then also that there's so much of wilden and barley that like mm -hmm. ian does know wilden I ian spent yeah. his whole life with wilden because barley is wilden and i th mm -hmm. i think that's uh that's a really great cinematic moment that's such a good scene i, I absolutely love that mm -hmm. i totally agree i uh watching this movie like i don't know like kind of calling back to what you said earlier about like you know we'll always kind of remember this kind of tied to COVID 19 i will always kind of so you know this but the listeners probably don't know this i'm soon going to be a father of uh, uh yeah. of my own yeah, and dude. watching uh <laughs> Yeah, 
uh, in watching this, it was like the first movie that, um, that I kind of, it's hard to articulate, but like the first time, uh, it really hit me that I was going to be a father and kind of that moment of not being a kid anymore. Um, Sure. Sure. And like, there's a way that you relate to characters and movies, um, when you're a kid and when you're an adult and, and all that stuff. And it was weird because the whole time I was watching the movie, um, you know, normally you relate to the main characters and stuff. And, and I did, I, I think, uh, kind of like what you said, Ben, that you, uh, relate a lot to Barley. I relate a lot to Ian, um, I feel like he and I have a lot of that, similarities. That checks out. You and I have a real Ian Barley energy together. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, so, like, watching that, it was like, man, and I'm going to have a son. And so it was like this really weird, like, emotional roller coaster of, like, uh, you know, you you never hope, you, you never think that anything's going to happen to you, but, you know, you don't know what life's going to do. And so, like, kind of putting myself in in uh in in the shoes of the dad and like thinking like man like what would happen if you know if if i wasn't here how would my my son react to that and and just kind of yeah. i don't know it was it th- there's so many uh kind of to relate it to another uh kind of fantasy fairy tale esque movie but like shrek there's a lot of layers to this movie there's there's so many yeah. like funny moments and just so many like you watch it so many times and you notice different things about it it's just very um rich in uh in storytelling and and uh i don't know it's 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 very 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 well done no i i I absolutely agree and i hear you so much on that i i very much relate to that you know i mean uh my my youngest daughter ruby has been born but she's very little and you know if if something tragic would happen to me i don't know i don't know what she would remember of me and and that's absolutely a thought i had um actually without getting too in the weeds my my oldest daughter's name is iris and one of the reasons she's named that is after the goo goo doll song iris because when my wife was pregnant with her the the chorus of that just kind of the uh i just want you to know who i am was really resonating with with both of us and uh you know this thought of like (laughs) what I want most is for you to know who I am. And uh, again, I think, I think that's part of one of the things that's so powerful about this movie when you really dig your teeth into it is that Ian does know Wilden because he knows Barley. And that's, that's really powerful. I also will say that um, Dan, Dan Scanlon, who directed the film and uh, co-wrote the film, he lost his father at a, at a young age. And so it, it, I think that shows it's a very guttural personal movie. And I, I was not shocked to learn that um it's it's got a lot of heart it's also it's okay i think there's a scene that it's it's one of my absolute favorite scenes in the movie it's when i'll call it guinevere's last ride yes i wanted to talk about this yes yes. (laughs) when barley so so barley and ian have been chased down down by by colt and the the cops and well and and of course wilden's with them too and their only way they're gonna get out is if they can make these rocks fall. And Ian tries to cast Arc Lightning, which doesn't work because it's the hardest spell. And Barley realizes that he's he's going to have to sacrifice Guinevere. So he he pops in Rise to Valhalla, which is yep. basically a Led Zeppelin song. It's mm-hmm. so good. And he he puts a rock down on the gas pedal and and shifts Guinevere's O to onward and just has her go straight at this this rock fixture she hits falls and uh as a rock is crushing we get this just glory shot of the pegasus on on the side and i love this scene so so much it's not played for laughs at all and i think that's why it's so good because i think in a in a the dreamworks version of this movie Mm -hmm. the epic music plays and then it crashes and then like there's like a record scratch mm-hmm. or like, you know, like there's like a moment there or like where it's done for laughs or like uh, it explodes and it explodes so huge that it's silly. But instead, it's it really feels like you're watching one of the main characters die. Well, like, like, it, it is. Yeah. Yeah, I love like the setup for it too because as it's happening, like a tire pops to where it sounds it's like a gallop instead of just a car moving. <laughs> yes, and then does. all yes. of all of the parking tickets that 
Barley has like float out almost like <laughs> Pegasus feathers and they just yep. like expand. It was like, this is really well done for a car that's about to wreck. I was like, this yeah. is great. <laughs> it has yeah, so much heart. When, uh, yeah. And when he like closes the door, it's like when he like, like as if he like, you know, whips the behind of the horse and stuff like, Oh, yeah. you're, I hadn't thought about that. I had thought of the gallop, but you're right. I hadn't thought of that. It is. Yeah. yeah. And mm-hmm. giddy up. Well, and then I love that Guinevere leaves behind, you know, a, a brake light or a tail light mm-hmm. that ends up serving as, you know, an, a, a distraction later. So she gives him one last gift, too. I mean, like, yeah, it's like a touching scene <laughs> about <laughs> a car crashing into a mountain <laughs> while Led Zeppelin plays. Like, that's wild. I But that's I think when this movie is at its best, it is like simultaneously so sweet and and funny and epic and. I I I like that a lot. Uh, a character we haven't talked about at all that I think we have to talk about is Corey, the Manticore. Oh, yeah. Oh, yes. And mm-hmm. and the Manticore's cap, uh, tavern, which for me, one of my favorite examples of magic used to be real and now it's not really anymore is the idea of the gentrification and I mean, honestly, kind of Disneyfication of this once epic edgy tavern you know where mm-hmm. adventurers gathered to to tell their tales of glory and now it's a dave and busters you know yeah. like <laughs> i like <laughs> i love i love it so much i love just what it does narratively i love the introduction of Corey. i love i think here's a big thing that i really like about that whole scene i love that in the end Corey ends up causing this huge fire i think that you know, Adam, you mentioned in another movie, Ian and Barley would have beef with each other and Bar- mm-hmm. Barley would be, you know, jealous of Ian. I think in another movie, bad guys show up and burn the place down or like Ian is getting cocky and casts a spell and burns it down. I love that Corey's just basically like, have you guys ever seen Harold and Kumar go to White Castle? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, there's like the one guy who's like just thinking about he's working at another burger joint. And he's like just thinking about those juicy White Castle burgers and their tiny little <laughs> onions and the pickles makes you want to burn this place down. And he like actually burns the restaurant down. Corey <laughs> kind of does that. And I think it's a really funny, interesting decision, especially because we're supposed to view Corey as kind of sagely and like mm-hmm. she's the closest we get to like a a Merlin Gandalf Yoda character. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And she burns down her own establishment, you know, basically out of, uh, you know, getting too excited about trying to relive the glory days. I don't know. I just like all that. Do you guys like Corey? Is that? Oh, I loved, oh, I loved Corey. Yeah. I think, and what you, when you talk about like what she does to that whole place, like, I think it kind of echoes to like one of the main themes of the movie, which is like, and the, in the intro, it talks about how like magic's faded away because it required effort. Like, I think, like, overall, like, the whole thing is, like, well, anything in life that matters is going to require work for it. So, like, she just kind of got done with, like, the easy way of out of going along with everything. She wanted to get back to what, like, truly meant something to her. Yes, absolutely. And I think it makes a really her arc in particular. But I think also uh, the mom's arc, too. I think it makes sense that they end up together. Their arcs are similar in the sense that I think they learn that it takes real effort to do something that's worth doing. And, and, mm-hmm. and you know, the mom's arc's pretty brief, but mm-hmm. just the echo of I'm a mighty warrior and the difference between, you know, doing P90X light and uh, riding on a stone dragon and stabbing it with a sword, mm-hmm. you know, like mm-hmm. uh, one is way more fulfilling than the other. I want to talk about some of the magic moments. I feel like mm-hmm. the magic in this movie is really well done and inventive and fun and silly, but really cool. The giant Cheeto that is a boat. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> and just that the fact that Ian has to say to Barley, Hey, be careful how much boat you're eating there, man. Like, yeah, come on. yeah. Like, that's, that's great. I absolutely love that. And then the gelatinous cube, that that whole payoff like is absolutely insane <laughs> it's foreshadowed I, like crazy and you're just like when is this gonna happen i want to yeah, see yeah. what yeah. it looks like <laughs> the the bridge of truth the bridge of truth that whole scene mm-hmm. and, and and getting ian to believe in himself and oh man yeah inevitably having right yeah mm-hmm. do you want to talk about that scene for a minute i mean it's so, like 
just you know they come to this this drawbridge and it's up and they're the only way to get it down is to get across to the other side so ian has to cast a series of of the same spell over and over again and, and make a bridge but it only works if you believe in it and mm-hmm. at that point in the story he still doesn't really believe in his ability as a mage i i just i really liked this scene a lot mm-hmm. there was uh yeah there was i laughed so hard i think in that scene i don't know why there's just so many awesome like one-liners like <laughs> when he's like at the end and he's like this last step is for you and he looks back <laughs> yeah. and he's like oh. and then, like, before, he, before he even crosses he's like and like he almost dies he's like i'm dying i'm dying i'm dead i'm dead <laughs> yes i absolutely love that yeah and then barley having to just lie to him and convince him yeah that he's that he has in fact made it well and then later on we get a really great mirror of that not to jump ahead too much but when we see barley as a kid pushing him into the pool you know and and Mm -hmm. uh he's always had that kind of energy you know i love it at the end of the cheeto scene there's a really rough but beautiful moment where barley reveals his fourth memory of dad Mm -hmm. and uh you know just saying like basically like he couldn't go in and talk to him and and after that he you know decided he'd never be afraid of anything ever again and i we'll get to this a little bit later I have some if I have any qualms with this movie, it's how people treat Barley. We'll we'll get to it. We'll get to it. You know, are there any other parts of the main chunk of the movie before we get to the end kind of that are scenes that you guys want to talk about? Um, Because I feel like the whole last the last like 15 minutes is all like one endless awesome scene. Like Mm -hmm. there's one of my favorite parts of the whole movie. If you asked me what's the funniest part of the whole movie, I think is. So they get to the fountain, they place the thing in and the curse comes out when they get to the the Phoenix gym <laughs> and the curse is so cool and epic and 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 looks just straight out of Lord of the Rings, Harry Potter. And it makes this stone dragon that's so, so cool. And then it rips the super adorable mascot who almost mm-hmm. looks like figment from epcot <laughs> yeah. he turns around and just smiles and the first time i saw that i don't know that's just my exact brand of humor to me the the juxtaposition of how epic and cool and 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 just rad this this the character design of the stone dragon was the magic i mean it felt like game of thrones like it, it was <laughs> it, it like it was legit and then it has the silliest, goofiest dragon mm-hmm. face. I, I also love, it. Love, I love how it. the um uh the like the cowl that it has, like the like after it shows its face and stuff, and you get kind of that like laughter, that funny moment of the reveal, and then like later on when they're fighting it, and then it gets all grumpy faced and stuff. It's just oh yes. yeah, with the cinder blocks, and they just kind of like angry brow. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's wonderful. That part's great. Yeah. Corey coming to big with the sword. And then, and then, uh, is the mom's name Laurel? What's, uh, what we'll call her mom. Mom's mom coming in, you know, being the, the warrior. Uh, it, all that's great. And then we get to the, the just absolute, uh, <laughs> uh, the, the part I, 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 I wrote the list at sunset is so beautiful. It makes me feel like I ate stained glass was the note that I wrote <laughs> down because uh, <laughs> it's it's beautiful, but it just shreds my insides. The Ian processing that his brother, who he's just chewed out and and made feel like just like a loser, realizing that he's had a dad the whole time. You know, we see play a catch. Uh, take a walk, heart to heart, laugh together, driving lesson, which cuts back to, you know, one of my favorite scenes The you're never going to be ready, merge and and then share my life with him. I mean, that's a that's great. That that goes up in the Pixar Hall of Fame, you know, as far as as moments that hit you right in the gut. I don't know that it's quite uh, first 11 minutes of up level, but it it is uh-huh. definitely <laughs> It is a soul crusher. Uh, it, what do you guys like about what do you guys like about this this ending? What do you guys like about the Ann and Barley dynamic, the the dad, the list? What what are your favorite parts of it? Um, I really like. So I we've said this a couple times that like they could have gone 
you know, one way with it that's more the stereotypical way, but it's Disney and they never do that. Um, but like, I love how, um, you know, the, the dad is, is, you know, the, the spell's done and he's being brought back and everything. And Barley is like, he's like, I'm going to go and, and, you know, destroy the dragon or whatever. Um, and you think it's going to be that kind of like, no, I will go and you stay here kind of thing. But then Ian comes back. He's like, no, you never got to say goodbye. And you're like, oh, my God. And that then, part hurt. That oh, part dude. hurt. And then after, uh, then after the dragon's slain and everything, and uh, Ian's peeking through the the hole in the rocks and everything, and his to think that his only memory that he has of his dad is getting to see his brother say goodbye, um, I think is just so beautiful. I think it's just like it's 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 just so just so clever. Like it's just so yeah. Like, I don't know, just very, like, honest. I, I guess that's the best word to describe, like, the way yeah. that they've written the movie. It's just so honest. I, I feel like it's so relatable on, on so many levels. But, yeah, I think that I think that's probably my favorite part to the ending. Yeah, what I think you, Adam? for me, it was, like, obviously, like, I'm, I am in tears while watching all of that unfold. Like, <laughs> oh, no, yeah, no shame. But, like, yeah. with the, but the flow gets, like, cranked to 11 when barley comes up and says he wanted me to give you this and he just hugs him i oh. lost it i okay. absolutely lost it like can i tell you something i noticed on this most recent viewing that destroyed me this so the, the this was funny this was the hardest i've cried while watching this movie which i think i have seen this movie i've sat down and watched it three times i've probably seen most of it while like making my daughter di lunch and dinner 11 or 12 times and the, I cried harder than I ever have just now because as I was watching it, the way that Wilden hugs Barley is exactly how Ian hugs Barley. Wait, so what no, happens is, it, oh, Wilden wraps his arms around Barley and then Barley hesitates and then hugs him back and then squeezes. Barley wraps his arms around Ian. Ian hesitates. He gives him his arms and then squeezes. Oh, and wow. It, oh, no. <laughs> it, it came in through like a wrecking ball. Yeah. Like, like, it's just like, <laughs> oh, my goodness. F5 tornado in my heart <laughs> when I realized that. It's beautiful filmmaking. And I love, I love that Ian is forced to watch Barley's reunion with his father through this hole, through this frame. Like it's a picture because mm -hmm. he's only seen his father his whole life through pictures and through frames. And it, it wow. Duh, it's so good. It's so good. Just just wonderful. <laughs> Did we are there any major scenes we missed before we move on to the other categories of our uh, our breakdown? I feel like we did a pretty good job. I think we covered yeah. everything. I don't think that there's one. Yeah, one I, I bet we'll we come did. back to other stuff. So, OK. Uh, Going on the zippity doo dah moment for what's aged the worst. It happened on one of them zippity doo dah days. Now this is kind of a weird one because this movie just came out. Mm -hmm. Is there anything that like initially doesn't hold up or like isn't as cool or funny as you thought it was gonna be? Or I, I, I think I think they did a pretty good job. I'm sure that like three years from now there will probably be a moment where we're like, oh yeah, that was whack or whatever. But yeah, I don't I know. I think really the only thing for me is like, I mean, eventually the technology in this movie won't be modern technology, but it's still so whimsical that that almost doesn't even matter anyway. Mm -hmm. So that was like That's the only thing that I kind of saw with it, because like it's supposed to be like the modern day is what took over as opposed to magic. But it's still yeah. it's still Disney. It's still very stylized. It's great. Um, <laughs> that was Although the only thing I, I do could... love. I think a thing they did that's smart going kind of piggybacking on that is the van is like a 70s van a lot of the music is like 70s you know like even the mm -hmm. stuff that's pretty modern isn't that mm -hmm. modern like there's there's no like alexa you know like it's mm -hmm. like it's like dance dance revolution yeah. oh that oh the centaur on prance prance revolution so good oh yeah so good. <laughs> yeah i think they did a good job of putting yeah. like a bunch of, uh, of, of things from different kind of decades like you said with like the van and then mm -hmm. um 
the overall theme of of you know fantasy and all that stuff is yeah. you know mm-hmm. there there's that own style to that of like you know days of yore um yeah. and, and all that stuff so yeah i don't i don't think uh, i think it, i mean i know we're talking about onward but um but like frozen 2 like the cgi and like animation in that is just so beautiful like same thing with this movie there were like points yep. where you're like Dude, this is all computer animated, and, and I know that we all thought that at one point of like the first Toy Story, and then you look back at it and you see like <laughs> Toy Story four, and you're like, dude, this is like incredibly uh, different. Um, yeah, but I think now it's gotten to the point where it's just like everything looks so good that I I, I think it's gonna be a long time before anything. Gets I, I to that totally point. agree with that point. Yeah, that that category will be more interesting on a like. Dumbo and you know some of the older <laughs> yeah. Disney movies. Yeah. Uh, all right. So uh, the sadness buzzkill questions. Yeah, you could get lost in there. Think positive. Okay. I'm positive you will get. This lost is like. Are there any like potholes or like nitpicky questions? I'm coming I, at it. Is Barley that big of a screw up, or all they kind of? I think they were kind of gaslighting him, right? Like, I yeah, feel like they are kind of gaslighting him. I feel yeah. like if there's one part of this movie that doesn't check out, it's like, like, and I get it. Like, it's you can't have him like have the, he got kicked out of college because he was doing meth or whatever. But like, <laughs> like Barley's not that big of a screw up, and like, I think they're kind of like, I think they're mean to Barley sometimes, and and like really over overreact about how air quotes uh, uh, screw up he is mm-hmm. i don't know that's probably the part of the movie that like does uh, he gets so much right like he's the one who solves the fountain riddle like mm-hmm. like he's the one who figures out the stone goes in the fountain the ravens gaze all that stuff like like mm-hmm. really they don't get to see wendell at all i know barley's ultimately the one who gets to enjoy it but like wendell's upper half doesn't come back if it's not for barley so I don't know. That's my that's my buzzkill question. Do you guys have any other? Uh, uh, I have one. Could they have used the spell that makes you big or small on themselves to be like way bigger than the dragon? Like, oh yeah. Like, oh, I feel yeah. like they could have just been like, okay, I'm gonna pick you up now. Or like, if they could figure or out how make like, the dragon really small and exactly, make it a pet. Like, uh, make it a pet. Like, yeah. like uh, Blazy is that their dragon's name? Right. That. Yeah. Oh, Adam. Adam. Like, you just. Bro, that's how it should have ended. The dragon right. should have become. They should have had like. Now we have, now we have two dogs. Basically, like we've yeah, got Blazy like, and Stony. Yeah. Yeah, because I was like, okay, if they can't figure out how it backfired on Barley, then they can at least make themselves bigger to where it's still small to them and <laughs> take care of it that way. Like, Good call yeah. out. I would have never thought of that. No, nah, no. Nah, this is this is what this category is about. This is excellent <laughs> detective work, Adam. Thank you. Mine uh, wasn't right. so much yeah. of a uh, like uh, nitpicky thing, but and and I also I'm wicked ADHD, so I could have also completely missed this. But did any of you guys notice that Barley has like a cast on his left arm? Oh, like it's. Well, I thought it was more like a gauntlet or like a leather, like you know what I'm saying? Is it a cast or is it? Yeah, I think because he's got like a like a a cuff on one hand that has like the like the the spikes on it but then the other right. one has like like the it's... kind that i had to throw in the trash at a good charlotte concert right yeah. <laughs> yeah but yeah. then there's another arm that has like a it's like some kind of cast thing it looks it's like black and it looks like it has like the like silver Whoa. sharpie on it yeah well i um, went to like i thought it was like leather bound armor just because he was like he's like so into like the history oh. and everything that's what i thought it was i don't know uh but that that's my only thing that i i All saw right. and i was like what what is that I, i'm currently as we're pulling this up i am looking up pictures because i want to see if i looked look up at it. does barley have a cast and onward no, i'm not getting results i'm gonna have to look for this i wonder what it's supposed to be but i think to me if this is a good nitpick but i think that adam's answer of it's some sort of that would make like, more sense. Cosplay armor. I think that probably makes the most sense. Yeah, I'm looking at it. It looks. I mean, it's got some kind of. It looks like a a D and D like die on there. Uh, mm-hmm. That's got like maybe it's a Nintendo wrist. Power Glove or something. Yeah. <laughs> yes, uh, it's so but rad. It's hard to tell. So maybe that's something that they. Uh, 
maybe it was part of the story and then they yeah. got rid of it. I, I don't know. But yeah. that was really my only uh observation that I, I made that wasn't wasn't entirely sure what it what it was supposed to be. Yeah. So the Mr. Potato Head Award for doing the most with the least amount of lines, screen time, etc. Hey Ham, look, I'm Picasso. I don't get it. You uncultured swine. What are you looking at, you hockey puck? It's dad, right? It's Wendell, oh. right? Oh, oh, I had a different easily. answer. I had a oh. different answer. Well, <laughs> here, let me get, get let me defend my case real quick. So, yeah, he has a lot of screen time, but like, come on. Like, you know, mm -hmm. he's usually just kind of hunched over or whatever. Yeah. I just think that the the physical presence of him, like we said, the physical comedy, I think that the just the energy in general and and what he brings to the journey itself. I, I just think it's I think it's dad. Who's who's your answer? I'm curious. OK, so so this is more for comedic reasons. And I think as soon as I say that, you'll know who I'm talking about. But I just wrote uh, <laughs> the Chuck E. Cheese manticore. <laughs> Oh, oh, my God. <laughs> yes. Like, well, well, we'll get to Chuck E. Cheese Manticore. But yes, yes, I agree. Uh, th this is a this is a solid pick. I'm I'm still personally voting dad, but this is a very which, good addition, which like I definitely like I, I honestly like it's the dad is the right answer. But the funny answer yes, is yes. that one. Chuck E. Cheese Manticore is a good answer. Kyle, what do you think? I I'm going to have to agree with dad. Um. I'll just leave it at that for now, uh, because I I have something that I a point that I want to get to later on in the conversation. But I great, I will great. definitely say dad for sure for me. Yes. So, uh, if if onward were turned into a Disney theme park attraction, what would it be? Which park would it be in? Something I've wanted to say my whole life. I'm going to Disney World. <laughs> Can I go with you? Yeah, you my my pitch going off of Adam's answer to the last question. I think you got to make the Manticore Tavern a spot in yes. Disney World. Okay. And I think it probably makes the most sense in Magic Kingdom. I think aren't they adding a land called Fantasyland or something like that? I feel uh, like it makes sense there. There is a, a Fantasyland in in uh Disney World, but yeah, I that was my answer for for that. Uh, great. For sure. And here's my here's my specific pitch. You have someone walking around in the Manticore Chuck E. Cheese outfit, uh. and then you also have an actress in an incredibly high-budget costume yes. as Corey, as a yes. photorealistic Corey. Yes. So in this restaurant, you have the cheesy, fluffy one, and then you also have the really cool, shredded, scorpion-tailed, kind of scary-looking Corey. That's my pitch. <laughs> I would love to see that. Or yes. have like the the head that she like burns, uh, like the mask. Have that yes. like just like sitting somewhere, like yes. smoking or something. Yes, mm -hmm. perpetually smoking. Just perpetually yeah. smoking. <laughs> it just it smolders twenty four seven. Adam, did you have a theme park attraction? I did. Uh, so I was thinking kind of like one of one of the rides where it's more of an experience than it is like a you know like a roller coaster kind of a thing. Where yeah, like a dark ride. So, like, uh, I was thinking um, almost kind of like a m not Mario Kart, but like like a car, like everyone's like on a race to get to the Phoenix Gym and you have to like go through the path of peril and you kind of like start out in the city and then eventually like off ramp and go through like the puzzles and stuff, but more in like a like in a driving way, like almost like a course. Oh like, yeah! I, like, oh, of, so you get to pick some choices, like so, like Mr. Toad's Wild Ride, like a dark yeah. ride racing, but you get to make some choices in it. Yeah, yeah. that'd be kind of cool, kind of like um, I don't know if you've been uh to Disney World before or been recently, but they've got like the um, it's kind of more of like an arcade kind of ride through game, but for uh the Toy Story. Um, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It, something kind of like that, but more of like uh, a hybrid of like a ride, dark ride, but th like an interactive dark ride. That'd be really cool. That's cool. Yeah, I love it. Love it. I would absolutely That's ride really that. That's really clever. All right. If this movie was a Disney musical, uh, what what would you like to see just as far as like songs? Like, are there moments that would be really good numbers? Uh, it. So I'll start by saying 
I would like to see the style. This would be a thing I'd like. I, I Maybe not quite a complaint about the movie, but something I would have changed if I were the director. I would have leaned into the Led Zeppelin. Yes. Epic metal kind of side of it. And so if it's a musical, it's a rock opera. No, oh, yeah. not quite a rock like opera, rock but ages. like, yeah, yes, yes. A little bit of that. And then I think that like the song that I'd be really excited about, uh, we keep talking about it, but the Manticore's Tavern, you have to do a like be our guest, but in the style of Led Zeppelin or maybe even Iron Maiden mm-hmm. uh, and just kind of like have the song be about how epic it used to be. But now it's family friendly. So like the song yeah. starts with like, you know, and it's like mm-hmm. we went on epic raging parties <laughs> and then in, and now we have mozzarella sticks. Da, da, da. Like, <laughs> like I, I feel like that would be really good. I don't know. I picture I like Jack Black playing Barley. Uh, oh, yes. I, sure. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he, that would have been good casting in general. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Have you have you do you know the game Brutal Legend? Have you? Oh, yes. OK. Oh, I yes. was like I was like, that's it's basically like Barley. But <laughs> if it were. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Any other musical moments that you guys feel strongly about? I love like the overarching like metal theme. I like even more. And I like when I, I when you first said that, I was like, well, at, le- at the very least, Barley needs like a metal anthem. Like whenever they're like, he's leading the way on the path of peril, like that needs yeah. to be a thing. Yeah, totally. I think. Uh, and then like a reprise whenever uh, Guinevere has to mm-hmm. be sacrificed. Oh, yeah. That oh, would absolutely. Be really cool. Absolutely. So you said, uh, Adam, you said, uh, wait, no, who said Jack Black? Kyle Kyle Jack Black? Yeah. yeah. And you agreed. Good transition to our next category. Uh, recasting or remixing the movie. Um, I did some research. I didn't see any near casting choices, but are there any better casting choices? Is there anybody you would have rather seen in it? Uh, I, I will say that I think missed opportunity to not have the dad be a super famous dad figure like Tom Hanks. Oh, or yeah. Or Ty Burrell, who played Phil Dunphy on Modern Family, even like like weird, weird to not have it be like a famous TV or movie dad. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Especially he's with only like got a few got lines. Like six yeah. lines. Like weird move, especially since Tom Hanks has such a history with Pixar. Like, mm-hmm. so I'm, I'm going with Tom Hanks I, I or or even look, go with the other Toy Story lead. I mean, like Tim Allen, so famous as, you know, the dad on Home Improvement. I, mm-hmm. I Weird, weird move to not have it be a more famous dad. I'll also say uh, Colt Bronco, fine character. Mel Rodriguez from Last Man on Earth does an OK job. I think that that character could have been more interesting. And yes. here, so here's my pitch. Z- Zach Woods, who is Gabe on The Office. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> He's so awkward mm-hmm. and uncomfortable. Jared from Silicon Valley. And I think that if you have the dad be or the stepdad boyfriend be even more awkward and even more like pathetically trying to get his sons to respect him, mm-hmm. I think it'd be funnier. I think you could have heightened it. I also think kind of a similar but different direction to be Sam Richardson, uh, who played um uh richard split on veep and he's uh, one of the main two guys from detroiters he just has this really goofy energy and i I think he has like a funny um swagger when he's trying to be cool and i don't know the colt bronco to me is the the most poorly cast role of the movie any any other casting changes you guys would make um i would say um kind of calling back to like the the dad thing this is completely a like left field thing but i think uh his his acting ability i don't know i think it would fit the character uh i think steve carell would be a really oh my cool gosh oh yeah yeah i just think that would be i don't know great I, just something great about pick. that because he's just such a great actor uh like a dramatic yes. actor as well as like a comedic actor and if you put his like even though he just talks for just like you know six lines or whatever like he could really bring a lot to that and then just yep. like also just being able to imagine him as the dad in those moments like when they're dancing and all Gosh, that stuff you're I just right. think, think mm-hmm. I think that'd be really cool. Yeah. So I you know what I think that's even better than Tom Hanks and Tim Allen. I agree. Steve Carell would be amazing. I, but we all agree, right? I mean just that's the weird that's the weird miss. I mean they have 
they have Elaine from Seinfeld as the mom. Like, like get a, an equally famous dad. Like, like it, it just kind of weird. I don't know. But mm. uh, but I love the movie. So, you know, these, we're, we're yeah. in the very nitpicky segment. It's as good as Jack Black would be in the musical version. Chris Pratt and Tom Holland, their their charisma is so good. Oh, so I'm, yeah. I'm glad it's yeah. them. OK, let's kind of wrap this up with best quote. I, I, I'm going to go ahead with a. am going to start with a funny one that comes on the heels of a. Well, it's like sandwich. This is the meat of a tear bread sandwich. Uh, <laughs> he said he always thought his wizard name would be Wilden the Whimsical. Oh, yeah. <laughs> wow. <laughs> That's really terrible. Yeah. I love it so much. I, yeah. It, it, that I think I think that has a chance to have legs as far as like, you know, somebody asks you, like, do you have a nickname? Blah, blah, blah. You know, I, I can see me busting out Wilden the Whimsical uh, as, as, a, <laughs> as a deep cut onward reference. <laughs> Any quotes you guys like? Uh, I really liked. Uh, OK, it's whenever they're doing the um, the the bridge part and. Ian yes. falls for the first time, but he has the rope, so he doesn't actually fall. And I think I really liked Barley saying, "Okay, so now you know the worst thing that can happen. So there's nothing to be afraid of, right?" Like, like, yes, I, 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 love, I that. love that. I love, I love that. that a lot. That's Barley's view of the whole world. Like, like <laughs> that's yes. I uh, love um, for a more sincere one for me. I do love on a quest. The clear path is never the right one. Um, I love that. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's very Robert Frost. You know, mm-hmm. I, I just. Uh, Love that. And I love the callback at the very, very end. Mm-hmm. Um, Kyle, did you have any quotes that spoke to you? Um, I, I, I don't know why, but I just giggle like a little kid every time. Uh, so when they are going to go get gas and uh, Barley is like running uh, behind them and he's like, he's like, oh. I need a break. My my baby legs don't go that fast. I just the way, <laughs> the way it is. It, <laughs> it is so funny. It is so funny because his voice is all like pitched up, and it's just like my baby legs really are going fast. Yeah, it is. Oh gosh, it's so good. Yeah, excellent pick. Uh, another funny one for me. Uh, just, I also like this because it comes at the end and it shows us how much Corey has changed. I love and then. With a slash of my mighty sword, I severed the beast's wings from its wretched body. <sighs> okay, who wants cake? And then it's like she light, lights a, a birthday cake with her fire. That That's great. That's yeah. just so good. Well, right on. So we we did Onward. We did it. We did an episode <laughs> of the podcast. Um, thank you guys so much for doing this. I, I appreciate you guys kind of taking this leap of faith with, with me. I've got just a couple of little kind of like movie trivia things. Um, Okay. And it, it, it so it, interesting. The the movie was banned in a handful of countries, including Qatar, Saudi Arabia, and Kuwait, because hmm. I didn't catch this, but Spectre indicates that she's a lesbian. There is oh, yeah. a scene where yeah. she says, "It's not easy being a new uh, parent. My girlfriend's daughter got me pulling my hair out." Okay. Yep. Uh, I, I guess I'm so woke that I didn't even catch. I just I don't know. I didn't that didn't like pop up in my head. So and then interestingly enough, it's been banned in those movies. But in Russia, they just re-recorded the dialogue to be. Uh, it's not easy being a new parent. My partner's daughter, which is I don't know, whatever. Weird. Uh, some just little Easter eggs that I I liked a lot. The Burger Shire is the name of the fast food restaurant. So it's a reference yep. to Lord of the Rings. And there's a sign that says now serving second breakfast, which (laughs) Hobbits always celebrate second breakfast. There's also a soda brand called Mountain Doom, uh, which Mount Doom, of course, from from Lord of the Rings. And then uh, the Pizza Planet truck from Toy Story is by the Troll Bridge. Oh, I didn't notice it. In the convenience store, they sell triple dent gum, which is the jingle in Inside Out that always gets stuck in Riley's head. So triple dent Uh. gum. (laughs) <laughs> uh, so those are just fun little ones just kind of i don't know, see us out but uh I, this was awesome this this is exactly what i hoped it would be this is one of the most fun things i've done in the last couple of weeks i just love talking about this awesome movie with you wonderful humans and um while i've got a platform for you guys do you guys have anything that you want to plug anything that you're working on or you're affiliated with or you know in, in, anything you want to shout out i kyle's in a really good band called what a wreck that you should check out <laughs> Yeah, he I is. Am. I am. I, I, I don't. I, I, yeah. Uh, I would say, yeah. 
check check us out. Uh, uh, but yeah, I mean, I don't really have much to say. I just want to say thank you, Ben, for uh for providing a uh you know an escape um for everything that's going on right now. And this is such a cool idea, and you've done a a great job. Uh, the questions and everything, and just like the Thanks, topic man. of things, it's, it's just been a blast. And and I hope uh I hope this goes well because i think this is such a cool clever idea thanks dude yeah man like this this is a lot of fun um i'm super excited to see how the rest of these go i love talking about this this is great well awesome dude it was so great to have both you guys um uh, let's just go ahead and say you guys are both back together on the hunchback of notre dame yeah podcast oh please yeah all right we'll do it maybe you guys will be back on the pod before that but that's that's happening so cool that's awesome well thank you guys so much uh again this is kyle ward and, and adam doyle my my good friends i've been ben this has been disney plus plus ben plus friends I don't know how this podcast ends. Uh, it's the first episode. <laughs> okay, bye. Thank you so much for listening to the first episode of Disney Plus, plus Ben, plus friends. After we finished recording, I had this realization that we should end the episode by playing a clip of a song by Kyle's band, What a Wreck. So that's what you're about to hear. It's called Shapeshifter. It's from the EP Outcast Sanctuary, which is available on all major streaming platforms and, uh, and purchase on you know iTunes, Spotify, all that jazz. So again, this song's called Shapeshifter. It's by Kyle's band, What a Wreck. I hope you really like it, and I hope you tune in for the next episode. Peace out.